Okay, also over here, Bezat Hashem. So um, we're starting already in Dalet. We're in 54a1. The Gemara continues on the Mishnah. Arechelim yoitzos kevulot, kevulois. So the Eus might go out with kevulos, tied. So the Gemara wa- uh, wants to know what is this kevulois. So the Gemara, shemekablin aliyah shelahen lemata. So the last thing we saw, sometimes they would tie the tail of the of the goats up, no, up the rechelim, the sheep upwards. So like this, she would be more attractive for the males to cohabitate with them. Now, this is the other way around. When they don't want the males to go into the use, so this would be putting down the tails, covering their genitals. Like this, the use wouldn't get pregnant. How do you know from the word itself that the word kibul means non-productivity? So Gemara is going to bring a few answers. So look in the footnotes. It's in the footnote number five. That Shlomo Melech paid the king of Tzor as a, a payment for for sending him uh, precious materials and skilled craftsmen to the building of the Mikdash, he gave him 20 cities in the Galil. So the reaction of Hiron was like this. My brother <laughs> speaks like over here. What are these cities that you gave me? So we're going to see two opinions. One holds that he liked the cities and one holds that he didn't like the cities. So and he uh, called them all that that land with those twenty cities, the land of the Kabul. So says Gemara, my Kabul. What did he mean by that? So says Gemara, Amarabune, Shayuba Bnei Adam Shemechubalim Bechesuvezav, because there were people over there that were wrapped. They were very wealthy people. So basically, he gave him twenty cities of the richest men of Israel. So, let's see one second. See, soon the Gemara is going to explain what those have to do with improductivity. So, Amale Rove le Rabune. So, Rove to Rabuna. Yahi, if that is the way explaining the Pasuk, so why why the previous Pasuk says, I know, see, he didn't like those cities. So, Hiron departed from Tzor to see the cities that Shlomo had given him, and he didn't, they, they didn't please him. So, why? So, according to Yorabuna, he didn't like the fact that the people in those cities were wrapped with gold and silver. Because of that, because of that, he wasn't pleased. I'm like, yeah, exactly because of that. <laughs> in, you know why? Kevin de Asire, Mefagni, since the inhabitants were wealthy and spoiled, lo they won't work for the king. So if would be given the different type of people, so then people that will be more willing to do things for the king Tsor, 
But these people were so wealthy, they wouldn't do a thing, so they were improductive. So that is the connection between the word kavul and improductivity. And that's why the Mishnah said, the Gabe Rechelo is, that the eagles go out like that. They go out uh, with their tails tied down, not to be productive. Uh, Ramnag Maritzak gave a different explanation. Nothing to do with this, the cities, that people were wealthy over there, but the land itself was a land of Humpton. So look at the footnote number eight. Humpton is like minerals, very salty and cracked or sandy, very unfertile land. So says Kavul. What is the connection between infertility, improductivity, and the word Kavul? Sagimura so says, the Mishtar Gaba Kera al Kavla. So the word Kavla is an ankle. So because one's foot would sink into it up to the ankle, that's like sand in the sea, and you cannot plant anything over there. And that's people would say over that land, Ara Mechavla de Loabat Pere. This is an ankle deep land that doesn't produce any fruit. Okay, so we find the two words of uh, explaining the word kevulot, meaning to say non-productive. Then another thing that the Mishnah said, that also according to Tanakama, the eels can go out with kevunois, which is fastened. So the Gemara again explains what is the word kevunois. So the Gemara says, shemechabnin oiso lemilas. So there was a very special wool called milas. Look in the footnote number 11. When the lamb was born, so the mother would lick the, the fleece, the wool, and it would re re remain, I mean, for that time, it would be extremely white. That was the whitest the wool of a newborn would be. So therefore, people that wanted to conserve, to preserve that whiteness of the wool, they would take a piece of leather and bound it around the lamb and cl clasp it together with hooks, and it would remain like that until the wood was sheared. And this is famous in other gemots you're going to find. It's called clay millas. I think, if I'm correct, if I remember correctly just now, I think according to one opinion, this was the wool of the Ketones Pasim of Yosef, I think. But you find it in different places. So this is a very exquisitely, exquisite, clean wool from this process. So therefore, uh, ah, so why, why Dafka, the Hewes, were not the males? Says it was customary to form this process only with the female sheep because their wool is exceptionally white. So this is Kebunois. So is this sheep, when they protect the sheep, they cover it, fastened, fastened around it, around its wool, so the wool can be sheared and used for milas. And we, f we find a Mishnah speaking about this. Se'ez. So if you remember just last, last week's parasha, parasha's uh, Metzora, the beginning of Metzora, describes four different colorations of Tsaras. So one of them is Se'ez. So says the Mishnah, the, the color of the Se'ez is Ketzemer Lavan. It's like the white wool. And when they, when they explain over there in the Gemara, this Mishnah, 
The Gemara asks, "My Tzemer Lavan, to which wool uh, is the Mishnah referring to?" Amar Aviv Barabaye, Ketzemer Naki Ben Yomoi is like the clean wool of one day old lamb. She Mechabenin Oiso Lemilas, that is cover and fasten for the pro- for the purpose of producing these milas. Okay, so we ba- basically finished these different um, terms. Let's take a very fast look in the footnote number 14. The article help us summarize what we just saw in the last uh, ter- terminologies of the Mishnah. Rams may go out levuvin. So remember we saw just at the end of the Dav, it's either tied in pairs or B, with a productive covering around the heart or C, with a covering on the genitals. Okay? Then the Eus, said the Mishnah, might go out Shechu Zois. So this is what it tells upward, exposing the genitals when they wanted them to get pregnant. Then Kevulos, which we just saw now, is what it tells tied downwards, so they were covering the genitals for not to get pregnant. And then lastly, we saw Kevunois, is when they put this covering to protect the wool. Okay? Now, in each of the, I'm keeping on reading, in each of these cases, According to the Tanakama, so uh, it's permitted for them to go like that, either because it serves as a restraint, like the levuvin, or because it serves to protect the animal. And uh, in the case that they ensure that the ewes conceive or they don't conceive, this is Tanakama. From the other hand, Rabbi Yoisi classifies most of these items as a burden, and therefore, he says in the Mishnah, they are not allowed to go with any of this. The only thing he agrees is the covering in the case of the kavunois, because it's considered an adornment and protects the wool from becoming soiled. So these are so far two opinions on the Mishnah. Then the Mishnah continues, Goats may go out with a pouch tied under others. Now, um, uh, the art school helps us to remember the Mishnah. So let's read over here. This case is a subject, like I'm on top in the page itself. This case is a subject of three-way dis- dispute. So the Tanakama permits the pouch in all circumstances, uh, covering the others. Well, according to Rabbi Yossi, everything is forbidden. And according to Rabbi Yuda, depends <coughs> if it's used to milk or to dry. So if it's too dry, then it's okay. But if it's to milk, or for all the drippings of the milk, then a view that would forbid. So we have two extremes, so to say, and one middle opinion, which is Rabbi Yehuda. Now, what is the halacha? So Itmar, Rabamar, halacha ke Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rab, we follow this machria, which is the in-between the one that makes a pshara, a compromise. But Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, no, we go to the extreme of Isur, Kerabiyosi, that everything is forbidden when it comes to the protection of the gods in the others. There are those who brought this argument between Shmuel and Rab, not that was a continuation of the Mishnah, but that I explicitly said what is the halacha? And if you look in the footnotes, uh, according to Toysos, the reason why you had to say it explicitly 
because some people had different versions, girsaos, of the Mishnah when they would change the names of Rabbi Yud and Rabbi Yossi. So it wasn't so clear just to quote the Mishnah and tell us, according to Rabbi Shmuel, which of the Tanaim they follow. Uh, that's why in now what we're going to see now in 54A2 is explicitly how they uh, holding. So, that they said this argument not connected to the Mishnah in the following way. Rav Amar, Rav said regarding these coverings, the, the pouch uh, in, in the, in the others of the, of the, of the goats, if the pouch is to dry up the milk, it would be permitted, but not if it's to collect the milk. That would be forbidden. And Shmuel Amar and Shmuel explicitly said, no. In both cases, whether it is to dry the milk or to, or to co collect the milk, in any case, both are going to be prohibited. And there's another way even how this was stated. Vika Matnila Alam, aha, and there are those who say the following that there's a Brisa, that the Brisa said like this Izim, Yoitsos, Truros, Leyabesh, goats might go out with a pouch tied to the others to dry up their milk, but not to collect the milk. Now, let me just remind you the reason, the difference, because when it's to too close just to dry it out, then it's very well tied up and it won't fall down. But when it's to, co to, to, to collect the milk, it's a bit more loose, and in that case, it can fall, fall down and the person might end up carrying it in Rashi Sarabim. So that's why, according to Tanakama, Lechalev, which is Rabbi Yudha, would be forbidden to collect the milk. Mishum Rabbi Yudha, Amru. But then, this is not the same Rabiuda. The Rabiuda on the Mishnah is Rabiuda Barilai, student of Rabbi Kiva. This is Rabiuda Ben Beseir. Mishnah Rabiuda Beseir Amru, that Kahalacha, he agrees with Tanakama that Meikaradin, according to the, to the letter of the law, would be okay when it's to try the others. That it would be permitted to put a pouch and go out like that to Rosh Sarabim says, but who is going to draw lots? It's like an expression. Who is able to discern whether if this goat is going out like that with a pouch because the owner wants to dry out the milk or because he wants to collect the milk? So therefore, since people are not able to discern why is he going like that, so in both cases should be prohibited because it's like a Mari sign. People won't come to know, and if we permit one and not the other, people might think that he's doing the one that is forbidden, and might, come, might end up doing the one that is forbidden. So he made a Xera Loplug. Let's not make differences. In any case, always is forbidden. And Amar Shmuel, Shmuel say in reference to this Braisa, Amar Amar Shmuel. Those say, that those who say was Rabiuda, the center of Rashmuel in the name of Shmuel, Alaha Kerabiuda Actually, the Alaha follows Rabbi Yudha ben Beiseira. Look in the footnote number 21. There's something very important over here. According to this second version, 
It comes out also Shmuel would forbid both, rather to dry up the milk or to collect it. However, is the difference whether Shmuel gave his psak based on the Mishnah, based on the Mishnah, or whether he made it based on the Vida and Becerra. Because according to the first version, he gave his his psak, he said that is forbidden according to Rabbi Yoisi. And according to Rabbi Yoisi, it's not that one should have been permitted, but because of maritime, we forbid it. According to Rabbi Yoisi, in both of them, Meikaradin is forbidden. According to the second version, Meikaradin Shmuel would say is permitted. It's only like a Marisa, and only for people might not come to know the difference that he prohibits. And there's uh, some Nafkamina, uh, some uh, practical Alaha uh, distinctions, whether it is because he follows Rabbi Yuda, uh, because he follows Rabbi Yossi, or because he follows uh, Rabbi Yuda Ben Beseira. And just to end of the Gemara, Kiasa Rabin, uh, once more remembered many times, Rabbi, Rabbi Dimian Rabin, the Gemara says, came from the land of Israel to Babylonia. And he, they used to say, teaching them Rabbi Yohanan, Amar Rabbi Yohanan, Alaha Ketana Kama. So according to, to Rabbi Yohanan, also we follow Tanakama. The question is like this Do we follow the Tanakama of the Mishnah, that is of Imeir? that both whether to dry the milk or to collect the milk is permitted, or he means the Tanakama of the Brisa. And that is the Machloikas Rishonim. Look in the footnote number 22. According to the Rashi, and that's the way they grade up in the Arskol, he meant the Tanakama of the Mishnah, that he's completely lenient, but according to the Rashma, no, was the Tanakama of the Brisa. Okay. So this is the end of this Mishnah, the Gemara of the first, not the first, but the Mishnah we just quoted before. Okay, Noha Mishnah. Also, now, now the Mishnah is going to tell us Bima Ena Yoitza. The very first Mishnah of this Perek started Bima Bima Yoitza, Bima Ena Yoitza. What can an animal go out with and what an animal cannot go out with? So the Mishnah, the first and the second Mishnahs, we're talking what can the animal go out with? Now this Mishnah is going to the part and what the animal cannot go out with it. Metulteles. A camel cannot go out with a metulteles. So look in the footnote number twenty-four. There being three explanations what it means a metulteles. So the first one says is a strap that anchors the animal's load to its tail. And prevents the load from sliding forwards when the animal is going downhill. That is one shot of this strap. A second one is a saddle cloth. And the difference, just like in the do- in the monkey, no, sorry, in the donkey, but in the donkey you can, because the donkey is always cold. But over here, a camel is not always cold, so therefore you couldn't put it. And the third opinion is, uh, look in the second part, in the last paragraph, Rush's own opinion that metulteles is a small cushion that goes between the tail and the tail strap to prevent the strap from chaffing the animal's skin. So that is a metulteles. The Gemara is going to explain why the owner cannot go out with a camel with a metulteles. Okay. Let's continue in the Mishnah. 
ולא עקור ולא רגול. Also, uh, an owner cannot take out his camel on Shabbos, um, either bound or hobbled. The Gemara is going to explain, I'm going to wait for the Gemara, the Gemara is going to explain what does this means. Now, look at the, the last paragraph of footnote 25, that in these cases, these chains or whatever are forbidden because they cause pain to the animal and they are a burden to it, or because they might fall and the person might end up carrying them in Reshus Arabi. So, okay, so the camel cannot go out either bound or hobbled. And the same thing applies to other animals, not only to the camel. A person cannot tie one camel to another one and pull the line like that, and the camel is going to explain why not. Like what the Mishnah means to say, like a train. Don't make a train of camels and they just pull the first camel and the rest being tied the first with the second, second with the third, and so forth. The Gemara is going to explain why not. What a person is, yes, permitted to do, to take each rope of each camel individually and put all the ropes in his hand, and like that, schlepping all the camels together. Let's say he needs to schlep on Shabbos to go and drink water. So as long as he's holding to the rope of each camel individually, then it's okay. But the Mishnah says, with the only restriction, he shouldn't wind the ropes around his hand. The Gemara is going to explain why not. Okay. So let's go into the Gemara to understand the Mishnah. So says the Mishnah, uh, there's a price on the Mishnah, Tana. Lo yetze agamal memetul teles akshura lo beznavo. So, a person cannot take out the camel with this metal teles tied to his tail, but he can just bring the camel like that out if if it's the metal teles is tied both to his tail and to his hump. Also, if the camel, a she-camel, the placenta is coming out, also a person can put the metal tellet to protect. So, in the first case, if it's doubled tight, so it won't fall down. We're not uh, concerned, it might end up falling down. And also, in the, in the case of the placenta, that uh, the animal itself won't try to get rid of that because it would be in pain and therefore won't fall down. Okay, let's move on to the Mishnah. A person might not take out the camel, neither bound, neither hobbled. Omar Abiyude, I would explain what is a kud, what is bound. A kud is a kedas yad regel, is when you tie together the front hand of the camel with the back foot. And the reason why they would do that, to tie them together, for the animal not to escape. So if they have the front and the back leg of the same side tied together, it's difficult for the animal to run away. But he adds the description, Just like Abraham Avinu 
Medakeida, that is the word. Akud is from the Akeida. So look in the footnote number 32 that when Abraham Avinu brought Yitzhak to, to, to be a Korban, so he took both of his back hands, both of, the, both of his hands, put them to the back, and then he folded the knees and Abraham Avinu tied together both hands and both uh, feet, and then the neck was a little bit high up to be able to do the Akeda without making a blemish. Now, when I was just reading this Gemara today, now it really gave me a shiver. Like, imagine taking your son and tie him like that. I mean, make it a little bit more graphic and then be ready to shake him like that. Must have been hectic. But there was an Isan of Amavavinu. Now, with the animals, it's a little bit different because, first of all, it's according to Rabbi, the only one side of the one side, either the right hand with the right foot or the left one, no, and also a little bit more loose because they need to walk. But it's just like a representation of what it means to be a kud, to be tied, to be bound. Okay, and then what is um, ragul? The second thing that the mission also said not to do it. The Mishnah means hobbled. It means that one should not bend its lower foreleg, and literally means the hand, onto the upper foreleg and then tie it there. And again, all this was done to slow down the animal to make it very difficult for the animal to run away. So all these things were was forbidden. May be the challenge from the following Raisa. Akud, this is a challenge to Rabiuda. According to Rabiuda, Akud means the front leg with the back leg. But look in this Raisa. Akud is Shteyadaim Veshteraglaim, means either the two four legs tied together or the two hind legs tied together. So, not like Rabiuda said, that is one side, rather it's the front or the back. Then Ragul is the same thing. Not to hobble means one should not bend its lower foreleg into the upper foreleg and tie it. So, how can you reconcile Rabiuda? You're right. Rabiuda couldn't follow this brisa. There's another brisa. The other brisa said like this the Tanya. Akud. What is Akud? Akedas Yad Regel. It's the bound is a foreleg that is um, on a hind leg tied together or the two forelegs tied together or the two hind legs tied together and ragul is the same not hobble means not to bend the lower foreleg into its upper foreleg and tie it there Bigamora says okay listen you explain the Reisha, the beginning of the Braisa, it definitely goes like Rabiuda, but the middle case of the Braisa, when it says the two hands or the two hind legs, that's not according to Rabiuda. The first and the third case, they go okay. But the middle part, again, the one that says you can tie together the two front legs or the two hind legs, that doesn't go like Rabiuda. Says the Gemara, you're right, Ude Amar Kaitana. There's a third brisa. 
And that is the third brisa that Rabbi Yehuda holds like it. Akud akidasiyad regel bound means binding the hand and the foot. Keitzer ben Avram explicitly says this third brisa, like Rabbi Yehuda said, like the akedas Yitzchak. Veragul shelo yakuf yado gebetzrovik shor. A person hobble means not to bend the lower foreleg into the upper foreleg and then tie it there. Okay. The Gemara continues. Ve'elok shor gmalim. A person might not tie camels one another and pull them together. The Gemara says, why not? My taima. Amarav Ashi. Rav Ashi said, Mishun de'mirzi keman de'azil lechinga. It appears like one who's going bring the camels to sell them in the market. Look in the funnel number 36. That really the word hinga means dance. And that is because the markets, when people were walking around, the, the sellers, the salesmen, so it looked like people dancing in a circle. So that's why even though the word hinga means a party, a dancing, so no party, a dancing, a dance, but really means to the market. So again, if people would bring the camels, like in a choo-choo train, one after the other, and that's the way people would bring camels to be sold in the market. If a person takes all the camels like that on Shabbos, it gives the impression that he is taking his camels to be sold. Then, but he can definitely bring all the ropes, uh, ropes, I'm sorry, of each individual camel and hold them with one hand. So why the end of this Mishnah said, but he is not allowed to wind the ropes and on the hand, Amaravashi, Loshanulalin and Kilaim. Oh, this prohibition not to wind the ropes in his hand has nothing to do with um, nothing to do with Chavez. Has to do with Kilaim, which is a mixture of two type either of uh, materials or, or spe species. The Gemara is going to explain now. So that applies even during the week, not only on Chavez. Says the Gemara, Kilaim the man. Which type of kilaim? So, kilaim kilaim the Adam. If you're telling me the provision is because of the mixture of species, which means the person pulling together with the camel, and maybe you mean to say, just like a person cannot, uh, just like the Torah says, don't combine a, a donkey and a, an ox, because they're two different species to, to, to the work. Maybe the Torah also meant a man, a human being cannot do work together with, um, with an animal. Says the Gemara, that's not true. Look in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, A person is permitted to plow or pull anything together with any of the animals. So there's no line between an animal and a human being. So which kilaim did Ravashi refer to? So the Chabalim. Rather, are you meaning to say there's kilaim in the ropes? Let's say some ropes are made out of wool and some ropes are made out of linen. And if you wind them in your hand, you're going to make like a garment, so to say, of kilaim. Says Gemara v'atnan, the change is not a tani, it's a atnan, it's a mishnah. Atoiked, if a person only connects the, the wool and the linen in one place, one connection is not considered kilaim because that is not, a, that is not really putting together 
woolen linen. So look at the footnote number 43. When the Torah says, You shall not wear shadness, that is woolen linen together. So from here, the Mishnah learns the word yachdav together is that materials are forbidden only they are joined together in a lasting fashion. And not if the connection is just a weak one thing connection. So just to wind the different ropes in the hand, that wouldn't be kilaim. Rather, the Gemara says, Ela leolam bikilaim de chovalim. So yeah, we have to go back to the notion of kilaim of the ropes, but in which circumstance? Ve'achikamar. And this is what the Mishnah said. Provided that you don't wrap the different ropes of different materials and then tie them. Because if you end up tying them, look in footnote number 44, he might not tie them together with two knots. Okay? Because if he takes all the different ropes of the different camels, one of them, some of them are made out of wool, some of them are made out of linen, and then he makes two knots, then already begin like a garment of kilaim. So then that will be forbidden because he's going to be benefiting from, from holding them like that. Okay, so let's continue. Um, now, Amar Shmuel, but the Gemara says, Amar Shmuel, no, this is going back to the previous case that is permissible to take all the different ropes of the different camels, put them in your hand and take them out like that on Shabbos. But says the Gemara, says Shmuel, as long provided that the end rope does not extend a tefach below the hand of the person schlepping all the camels. The Gemara is going to clarify this. First of all, the Gemara says, But why in this first teaching it says only a tefach? There's also a teaching of the Yeshiva Shmuel that they had a brisa saying, Tefchaim, Tutfachim, which is a double. As long as tefach is like a han, how is it called? Han, uh, whatever. <laughs> so Shmuel initially said one, but we have a brisa saying two. So that is the question. Amar Abaye says Abaye Ashdei Amar Shmuel Tefach. Now the Shmuel says Tefach. Betani the Vei Shmuel Tefchaim, but the Brisa says Tutfochim. So why? Because Shmuel Alach LeMaisve also Alach Meinan. Because what Shmuel wanted to tell us now is a practical Alacha that even though Mikaradin, as long as it's not Tutfochim, would be okay. Shmuel was stringent, and that's why he said, practically, don't even want tefach. The Gemara, let's just finish, let's go to page 54, big one, to finish the Mishnah. The Gemara says, Ve'atanya, but in a, tri- in a different b'raisa, said, min akarka tefach, you, you are allowed to bring the animals like that, provided that he raises the leash, at least a tefach from the ground, but we see can be sticking out the hand much more than two tefachim. So the Brisa was teaching not the 
end of the rope sticking out of your hand, but the Mishnah was defending the brisa from the rope that's going from the hand into the camel. So that is cannot be hanging down closer to the ground less than one tefach. Why? So the, 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 the two aloches. The first one of Shmuel, the reason why shouldn't be sticking out more than a tefach is because people might think that this is not the rope that is attached to the camel. People might come to think that you're just schlepping a rope, nothing to do with the one connecting to the camel. So if it's short, they won't come to think that. But if it's a long one, people might come to think you're just carrying a rope. And this last Allah of the Braisa is in a similar way that if it's going so low to the ground, people might think there's not the rope that is schlepping the animal, and they might come to think they're just schlepping rope into the Rosh Hashanah. Says the Mishnah, So we mentioned this at the beginning of the first Mishnah, that a donkey might, a donkey might not go out, not the first the one we said yesterday, a donkey might not go out with a saddle cloth if it's not tied onto it. And also, not with a bell, and even if he stopped up with cotton or with wool for the bell not to make a noise, nevertheless, you cannot bring out to Rosh Hashanah. Not with a ladder on its neck. The Gemara is going to explain what is this type of ladder and the reason for from him and onwards, all the, all the ones we're going to see now in the Mishnah, the reason is because these are very expensive articles that we are concerned if they end up falling from the animal on Shabbos, a, pair, a person mistakenly might end up carrying them for Amos in Rosh Hashanah. And also not with a strap on its leg. All this the camera is going to explain. The, if you take out some roosters, chickens, you cannot take them with cords. The government is going to explain and not with a strap on their legs. Rams might not go out with a wagonette under their tail. So look in the photo number five, because they had like a very bushy tail and would go all the way down to the floor and uh, they needed something to protect the tail, not to get caught, not to get uh, damaged. And so this wagonette was uh, like a little thing they would put to hold their tail. And they use cannot go out Hanunois. The Gemara is going to explain what the word Hanunos means. And a calf might not go out with a gimoin. Also, the Gemara is going to explain what is a gimoin. And also, a cow should not go out with a hedgehog skin on his others. So, because I know what is a hedgehog, I send you the picture, and if you saw it in the group, is this uh, porcupine. So, it has some thorns to protect the others of the cow from any. A little, I say, rather like a rat or something like that to come and, and uh, try to get the milk out of it. 
ולא ולצוע שבנקרניה, not with a strap between her horns, because this is a burden. We saw it in the previous Gemara in 52. And Paraso, the, the Gemara ends up with a story. Paraso she Rabbi Lazo ben Azaria. Vekao Rabbi Lazo ben Azaria, Yotza velotzoa she ben Karnea. He would bring, he would let his car go out with a um, strap in between her horns. But this was against the will of the Chochamim. Therefore, should, this should have been forbidden and he should have not allowed this to happen. Okay, so the Gemara is going to explain all these cases of the Mishnah. So the first one, my time, huh? what is the reason that the donkey cannot go out with a saddle cloth if it's not tied on it? So says the Gemara, we already said it above. Looking, let's remind us in footnote number nine that the Gemara above in 53 taught that the donkey may not go out with a saddle cloth and this was tied before Shabbos, on a Friday. And the reason is that otherwise there's no evidence that is needed as a garment to keep the donkey warm. And there was the only ether to put it on Shabbos and to let the donkey go out like that on Shabbos. So if it's tied up on a Friday, you can take it like that on a Shabbos. If it wasn't tied up on a on a Friday, you cannot take it out on a Shabbos. Then the next case of the Mishnah, and you cannot take out the donkey to the public domain, even if the bell has been st- stopped up and won't make any noise. Why not? It's the same reason of the camels. When you take all the camels one after the other, people would put bells on the animals when they bring in to sell them, they would put a lot of makeup and jewelry. So it gives the impression that you're taking the camel, the, the donkey to be sold in the market. Okay. And not with this quote unquote lather on its neck. So says Gimora, what is this lather? Amarabune. Biloya. So what is this? It's a brace tied to the neck, so the animal, tied to the animal's cheek. So the, the Gemara is going to ask, again, the reason why not take it, the, the animal like that, because it's very expensive. Look at the phone number 11, you would call it a ladder because these braids look like a ladder. Says the Gemara, for which reason would they put such things in the animals? Says the Gemara, maka, is when the animal has some sort of wound, the lohadar hayegbe, for the animal not to turn the around and scratch it. Have you seen dogs? They put something like uh, from the necks going up like this, round, like a cylinder. They, they put it in the dogs. Um, sometimes when they have a wound and they don't want the dog to touch the wound, so they put this like a plastic thing it's like a cylinder going up like this. So it's exactly this. Okay. Now, a donkey might not go out with a strap on its leg. Why not? So this strap, they would make it for the animal to prevent from injuring itself. So look in the footnote number 13. This is when the animal, that strides are short. So therefore, the feet would be knocking one against the other. So like this was a lot of protection 
that was above his hooves. So again, because all these things are very expensive, and if they fall down from the animal, the owner might end up taking them and schlepping them over for Amos. Chachamim said they cannot go out with these things to the public domain. Uh, chickens want to go out with the cords. The Gemara says, what was the need for those cords? This was a way of recognizing and identifying which chicken belongs to the owner. Not to exchange it for another one. And also said the Mishnah, they cannot go out with the strap on their legs. So they would uh, tie both legs of the chicken, both feet of the chicken, like this, they wouldn't um, hit uh, pebbles and break any vessels. When Asharim Yotzin, the Agala, then the rams, they cannot go up with this wagonette under the tail. Why not? Well, first of all, why yes, why they would do it in general, not, not in Shabbos, but in the week? So this wagonette was there to protect the ram's tail, not to be bruised. Okay, then Arechelin Yoitzos Hanunois, and the Eus might not go out Hanunois, so the Gemara is going to try to clarify Vusis Hanunois. Yasib Rab Achabar Ule, Kamederab Hise, the Yasib Kamar. So this student, look in the footnote, he was sitting down, he rose to ask permission to speak. When Rav Chiza said you can speak, he sat down again, and then he said the following, what is Hanunos? So he said, uh, one second, he's falling down. He said, Misha Shegozezino Isa, from the time that they shear a sheep until it grows back, the sheep is going to be freezing. Isn't that funny? So I was just thinking on Zoe that uh, I'm going to wait until it gets a little bit warmer for, for Zoe to get a haircut. I, mean, I was thinking that today and then I saw this Gemora. So you are concerned that your little animal might get too cold if you shear the wool. So says according to Rabbi Chavar Ule, Tomnim la ezek shemen. So they would immerse a compress in oil and then they would put it in the animal, umanichinla al pedachta, place the compress of oil in the forehead to keep the hue warm. So when Rav Chisa heard that, he said, what's going on with you? If you think that that's the way people would do with hewels, they were treating them just like Marukva. Marukva was a very important Hashuve leader of the Jewish people. He was a wealthy man. So he says, you want to give hewels treatment of wealthy man? He said, for sure not. Ela de Gemara brings a different explanation of why it's Hanunois. Yasira Papa Bar Shmuel Kameda Rabhise, some change that it wasn't in front of Rabhisa, because we're going to see in the continuation, had more to do with Rav Nachman. So some say that it was in front of Rav Nachman. Okay, so let's continue. So. Sorry about that. So let's continue. It was a similar idea to the previous one. But he said, 
at the time when the sheep is crouching to give birth. So, in the same idea, the immerse two compresses in oil for it. One they would place on the forehead, and the second one on the womb, also to warm up the little hue. Says again more of Amalar Nachman, Nachman replied in the same way that Ravchiza to Rapapa Bashmuel, Imken Asisa Yalta. You are comparing it to Yalta. Yalta was Rav Nachman's wife. Say, such a treatment we go to, human, to humans, not to animals. And because Yalta was Rav Nachman's wife, it wouldn't be modest to Ravchiza to speak about somebody else's wife. That's why they changed the text that this second. Um, discussion was with Ram Nachman, not with Rav Chisa. Rather, the Gemara comes back for a third explanation, what is Hanunois. Omar Abhune says, Abhune, Eitzechad Yesh Bekrachayayam. There is a certain tree overseas, the Hanun Shmuo. And that is the name of the tree, Hanun. So that's why it's called Hanunois. Now, what do you do with that tree? Mevi'in Kisam Umanichin La Lechotma. They bring a chip of that wood and they put it into the ship's nostril for it to be sneezing all the time and the worms in his hair to fall out. So that was a way to, to make the heels to sneeze. So the Gemara asks a question, if that is the reason why they would only do it for heels. What are the male sheep? They also need to have it for the worms to fall down. Says the Gemara, no. Since the males, Shmuel, what is Negicha? Negicha, I'm testing you in Baba Kama. What is Negicha? Is a tolda shel keren. Negicha is goring with the horns. So since the males, they fight and they gore with the horns one another, so therefore, huh? Goring, yeah, Nergicha, okay, good. So, me male in so the worms on the heads, they fall out anyway, and they don't need the pieces of wood. Okay, Shimon Nezira Omar, Shimon Azira said a similar idea, but according to him, it wasn't a tree called, uh, what was the name, according to Rav Huna, it was, um, one second, it was Hanun, okay? According to Rav Shimon Azira, it was Kisem de Rizma. It wasn't a chip, not from Hanun, but from Roisem, from Rosem wood. We saw it in Perek Sheini that the Gecholim of Roisem was Sheini or Shlishi, that the, the calls of this Roisem are very strong. It was Perek Shlishi. So he said the wood, the chips they would put into the noses of the ewes was from this Roisem wood. The Gemara asks, We understand, according to Rabuna, why the Mishnah called the ewes going like that, Hanunois, because that was the name of the wood, Hanun. Ela le Rabbanan, my Hanunois. But according to the other three opinions, 
So what is the word Hanunus has to do with anything? So the Gemara says, the Avdin Alevo, Milsa, the Merachaminian Alevo. No, the Hanunus is not going on the animals. The Hanun is going on the person. We treat them with Hanina. We treat them with mercy. So the three other explanations is things that you, we humans do to the Eus out of mercy to, f- to help them. So it's called Hanunois that have been uh, something merciful done unto them. Okay, next alacha, when a eagle yoitze begimoin, and the calf shouldn't go out with a gimoin. So the gemora is going to ask, my egel begimoin, what does that mean? So says the gemora, amarabune, again rabuna, barenira, is a small yoke. So they would put it, and that was, that was to train the calf to bend, its, to bend its head downwards. So when he grows older, he can schlep the yoke. Okay? Amarabilo Eliezer, Eliezer, my mashmade gimoin lishna de michav. How does the word gimoin has anything to do with the word, uh, with, with, with the concept of a yoke, of bending? So says the Gemara, the Gesapasuk that says, Alachoev keagmon roishoi, it is to bend one's head like a fish hook, like an agmon. So look in the footnote number 28. The Prophet Yeshaya, um, when Hashem was explained to the Jewish people that he rejected their fasting. Why? Because it was not accompanied with sincere repentance. So this is what the Pasuk says, the verse. Is this the fast I have chosen? To bend one's head like a fish hook in an outward demonstration of contrition, but not with sincere repentance. So because of this, uh, the fish hook it represents bending. And look in the last two lines, the word gimoin shares the same root as the word agmoin, which is a fish hook. And that's why, that's what the Mishnah meant, they shouldn't go out like that. Okay, veloi para beor akupar. Also, the Mishnah said a person cannot take out a cow on Shabbos with a head, hedgehog skin. Okay? So the Gemara explains what was the purpose of this. So it is a shield that they make for a cow so that the leeches, I look a picture of the leeches, they look quite disgusting. But they say leeches, look in the phone number 29, 30, and also any other uh, rodents shouldn't come and suck the milk of the cow. So because it has spikes, so the animals wouldn't come to the others of the cow. Okay, beloved Tosheb and Carnea, and a cow should also not go out with the strap between the horns. Says the Gemara, if you remember, a few patches ago, there was a machlokes. According to Rav de Amar, that whether this strap between the horns of the cow either is for decoration or is it to control the cow, is this forbidden? Because according to Rav, if you remember, cows, they don't need to be, uh, they easily go following their owners. They don't need a strap between the horns to be guided. So it would be an extra 
load according to Rav, no matter what, whether for decoration or whether for cutting it would be forbidden, but according to Shmuel, would be permitted. So the English Shmuel de Amar but according to Shmuel, it's only for decoration that the mission would be forbidden, but if it's to control, it would be permitted. And then just to end up the last part of the Mishnah and the last part of today, the Mishnah said, the cow Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria. Who is the first one's going to tell me where does you, where does Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria rings to you? The name Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria from where sounds to you familiar? Come on, come on, come on, come on. The Seder of Pesach. Go for it. Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria. From where does his name rings a bell to be familiar? Rabbi Lozor means Rabbi Lozor ben Azaria. It's a famous name, Rabbi Lozor ben Azaria. Rabbi Lozor ben Azaria sounds familiar. Areni kevin shivin shono bicholem like a seventy-year-old man. Ah. Okay, let's continue. Says Gemora. But I, so the Mishnah said he had one cow that would go out on Shabbos with a rope between the horns, and Chachamim weren't happy with that. Says Gemora. Wa vechala paro avile. He only had one cow. Ve'o amarav. Rav said. According to other opinions, was reviewed the name of Ram. Tracer Alfei Egle, 12,000 calves. Adamais Rabelaz of Nazaria, Miehedre Kol Shata Veshata. So there's some type of miser tied, the 10%, we haven't spoken much about it, that is one of the animals. So, when you have animals, kosher animals, you have to give every year from the newborns one out of ten and bring them to the temple. And Rav thought he was so wealthy that every year he would bring to the temple, look in the footnotes, maybe it was after destruction of the temple, we'll see, we'll bring to Jerusalem, twelve thousand animals of miser there was a 10 percent meaning to say he had a hundred and twenty thousand animals that's a lot of animals so why the mission speaks about his para his cow so says again more um tana there's a brisa the truth is this cow wasn't his this was a cow of a female neighbor of his. And because he did not protest against her, it was called his cow. Okay? So I'm going to stop it over here because the last part of this daf and the entire next daf is going to be the same topic. And that is looking at the top of the second column.
The Gemara cites a series of statements by the sages on the importance of protesting against transgressions of a fellow Jews. So that's going to be the topic. I'm going to leave for tomorrow. Shekoyach, everyone.